Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. As we head now into summer, we want to know what you're reading. What's on your nightstand right now? Is there a book that has had a big impact on you? Which books are you looking forward to reading? And perhaps you'd like to tell us a personal story connected to a favorite book. Love to hear about books in the adult, young adult, and children's categories. One suggestion or many are welcome. That's what we're doing. We're helping out each other with our summer reading. And we're going to get suggestions from uh, Weller Bookworks, uh, from the King's English Bookshop, from the Logan Library, back at Beyond Books as well. With me for the hour is UPR producer and avid reader Elaine Thatcher. Your book list. That's what we're looking for today. You can join us on our Facebook page. You can email us at upraxis at gmail.com, or you can call us at 1-800-826-1495. program begins following the news. Support for Access Utah comes from Crumb Brothers Artisan Bread at 300 South and 300 West in Logan. Open Monday through Saturday until 2 with a changing menu of a specialty salad, French breakfast pastries with local seasonal fruits, and lunch sandwiches. Welcome to Access Utah. As we head now into summer, we want to know what you're reading. That's the question we're putting out there for you today. We uh, want to pool together as a Utah public radio community and help each other with our reading lists. What's on your nightstand right now? Is there a book that's had a big impact on you? Which books are you looking forward to reading? Perhaps you'd like to tell us a personal story connected to a favorite book. Some of us have been very affected by the books that we've read. We'll, uh, we'd love to hear about uh, books in the adult, non, uh, young adult and children's categories, and any other category. One suggestion or many are welcome. We also want to know how you're reading. Good old-fashioned book, or uh, are you onto e-books or Kindles or iPad? Uh, how do you engage your children in reading? I was reading a recent survey which said only one in three parents read to their children every night. Uh, that's uh, some of the advantage I had growing up. My parents read to me. Uh, we'll share your book ideas. Of course, you can call us at 1-800-826-1495, one 826 1495 You can comment on our Utah Public Radio Facebook page, or you can email us. The email is upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. And uh, Elaine Thatcher joins me for the hour. Thanks for coming in. I'm happy to be here. We uh, appreciate you coming in. A producer of Contemporary Western Women, Diverse Dialogues, produces some programs for us and an avid reader. And uh, Elaine's got her list ready. And uh, we're going to be talking with representatives from uh, the King's English Bookshop and Back of Beyond Books and the Logan Library. And we bring in right now Catherine Weller from Weller Bookworks. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. It's good to be back. So we're uh, curious to, to hear about your list. But first, I want to get our first caller who called in uh, right away. Uh, so we don't want to neglect him. Uh, Patrick uh, is in far west right now, I understand, but you're from California. Yes, good morning. Thanks good for good, good morning. Thanks for calling in. What uh, what books are on your mind? What books are you reading? Well, I, I don't do a whole lot of reading anymore. I drive a truck, and uh, I'm pretty busy. I'd like to do more reading. And anyhow, I called you to let you know about this book. It's called I Dream a World, and it's by Brian Lanker, and the, uh, the editor is Barbara Summers. Brian Lanker... Um, passed away since he, he did the book, but he was a photographer. He worked for a newspaper up in Eugene, Oregon, and the book is called I Dream a World, and the title is that, and it's portraits, and this is a, probably about 20 years ago, the, the subtitle is Portraits of Black Women Who Changed America, and it's just the best book I've ever read. It's the kind of book that I've, <clears throat> I read sentence by sentence, so I don't miss anything, and I'm going on my third time reading it now. It's just uh, mainly about uh, not just African-American women, but but black women from 
all different parts of the world who moved to America and changed America and their struggles, but mainly their success. A lot of people don't know that uh, one of the best sheriffs that, that Cheyenne County has ever had was an African-American man. And it's just it's uh, forwarded by Maya Angelou and a lot of well-known African-American women uh, and not so well-known ones in the United States. And a lot of them have passed away since he wrote the book. And uh, the list goes on, 75 women, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful book. And it's, it's very good. Uh, so t- tell me the title and author again. It's called I Dream a World, and the author is Brian Lanker. He was a photographer, and he got a lot of help doing, doing the, uh, um, the stories that the woman had to, or the, you know, those stories about the lives that the woman wrote. Uh, a good example is Angela Yvonne Davis, or, uh, Coretta Scott King, Sonia Sanchez, Aletha Gibson, Gwendolyn Brooks, on and on and on, and it's just, it's I Dream a World by Brian Lanker, and it's, I can guarantee that it's be one of the best books you ever read, along with the photography by Brian Lanker. Wonderful. Well, That's great. Patrick, as a truck driver, do you listen to audiobooks? Uh, sometimes I do. Mostly I listen to, to music sometimes, <clears throat> but uh, I used to do a lot more reading when I was younger, but just this book is wonderful. It's, it's called I Dream a World, and it's really, really tough to find, and paper. Well, we, we appreciate your suggestion. We'll put that on our list. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Appreciate that. Patrick called in from far west. Uh, the number is 1-800-826-1495. You can join us on our Utah Public Radio Facebook page. You'll see other uh, comments there with suggestions. And you can join us at upraxis at gmail.com. We have Elaine Thatcher with us and uh, Catherine Weller from uh, Weller Bookworks. Uh, so uh, maybe you could give us your, your first uh, suggestion or two. Catherine, what's, what's got you excited? Sure. There are a couple of books that um, came out a little earlier in the season, but they got me very excited. And one of the things the previous caller just said that really resonated with me was how what he was reading was a really good book for the narrative, but also how he had to go back and he had to reread lines because they were so captivating for him. And when he said that, I thought, oh, that is a good book. That's exactly what we all look for. So these first two, I think, really fill that bill for me. They're both naturalist books. The first is River Notes, uh, Natural History, a natural and human history, I'm sorry, of the Colorado by Wade Davis. Wade Davis is one of the premier naturalist writers um, writing these days, really. He writes about uh, anything from the Amazon to the American West to uh, Arctic expeditions. But this book, this book is a small book, and it's just packed with wonderful information and beautiful prose and it is just that a natural history of the colorado river he starts at the headwaters and he follows it all the way down to uh where the river empties into what was a former estuary in mexico along the way of course we learn about good stuff like water rights but we also relearn a little bit of history about the exploration of the of the american west and it really reinforces what I think all of your listeners know, how very important water is to us out here, how it defines us in every single way, and how, in a lot of ways, it's going to define our future. But it's not a textbooky book. It's a lovely book. So it's a wonderful book to pick up now that river season is kind of slowing down a little bit and we're all coming off the water again. It's called River Notes by Wade Davis. 
The second book is a book called Seven Summers, A Naturalist Homesteads in the Modern West by Julia Corbett. This came out in March from the University of Utah Press. Julia is a professor of communications at the University of Utah, and several years ago she decided she wasn't getting what she needed completely in the city. She needed to get out back into the country. She grew up um, in the rural Midwest, and she went looking and found some property in Wyoming at the foot of the Wind Rivers Range. And this is the story of her building a cabin and building a life for herself on that property in the Wind Rivers Range to which she returns every summer. Um, although she, like Davis, is an environmentalist, she is interestingly grounded because she did grow up in the Midwest. She did grow up around people who worked the land. So she's able to see both sides of the world that is the West right now, the, the Wild West, the people who have worked the land, who have farmed it and lived on it for generations, and the people who go on it to recreate. Um, and she presents both of those worlds very clearly and succinctly, but what she really does is she presents the natural world, the world in the, of the winds, the world around her cabin, in such lovely, lovely prose, in such intelligent and beautiful ways that it's a book that you'll want to return to again and again. Yeah, they both sound uh, wonderful Sounds and very great. appropriate for, for this time of year. Yes. Uh, we, uh, we'll get some more suggestions from uh, Catherine Weller of Weller Bookworks. We're going to get to Elaine Thatcher's suggestion as well, but we have a caller, Barbara in Hiram. Barbara, thanks for calling. Oh, thank you. Um, right now I'm reading a book called House of Rain, which is about, which is archaeological, archaeological things about vanished civilizations like Chaco Canyon and, and um, uh, I can't think of it right now, Mesa Verde, stuff like that. But it's very interesting, and I'm reading it because we're going to be going to Albuquerque for a while. But... Um, so that's just what I'm reading right now. But one of my favorite books is The Book Lover's Cookbook because it reminds me of books that I've read. And and they always do mention food in cookbooks, it seems like. I haven't tried any of the recipes, but I love to look at the book and go back and, and maybe read some books again. For example, it talked about um, Letters for Emily, about the man who has Alzheimer's. And so this book just reminds me of books that I have loved along the way. And then my comment is just that I hate to see a movie that has not that I have not read the book yet because it's never the same. So when I read The Help, for example, and then see the movie, then I can feel in what they have missed because it's obvious to me that they've just missed the whole point half the time. <laughs> so, those uh, are just some comments. And then every year when it gets like the dog days of summer, so it's just before school starts around here. I have to read um, To Kill a Mockingbird because it makes you sweat and it makes you appreciate the, you know, the powdered ladies that are like little tea cakes in the afternoon when they put on so much talcum powder, but I just love that book. <laughs> it takes you to a different world as well. It does. Yeah. It does. Well, thanks, Barbara. Appreciate okay. that. Okay. Bye-bye. We've got those down on our list. Uh, Catherine uh, Weller, what uh, what are another couple of books that we can look forward okay. to? Okay, um, I do have to say the book Barbara's reading, Passive Rain by Craig Childs, is is wonderful as well. Another great um, history book taking us into the world that that is the Southwest. Craig's a beautiful writer, so I'm glad she's reading it. 
The next two I have are fiction. The first one is Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman. Um, Neil is well known for his fantasy writing, his comic book art. He did The Sandman years and years ago, and now the pop culture kids know him as the husband of Amanda Palmer. But what he really is is he's a writer, and this is the first adult novel that he's written since Anansi Boys, which he wrote way back in 2005. Uh, the rest of the books he's written most recently, like Coraline, have been for kids. This is a book that is for adults, very much for adults, but its protagonists are children. So because of his reputation, people can kind of mix those up. This is the story of a man who returns to Sussex for a funeral. He goes back home, and then he just finds himself driving around, and he returns to the vivid scenes of his childhood, including the, a farmhouse where he became acquainted with a girl named Letty, and their duck pond there, which was her ocean, they called, um, which ultimately is a, a beautiful, beautiful metaphor. But this book is scary. It is dark. Um, it, he begins to remember it, uh, episodes from his past, from when he was about seven, with Letty wandering around in the woods and how they found a monster one day in the woods that placed a worm right in the arch of his foot. And the boy removes the worm, but it embodies into a nanny. And he gets to have this wonderful, terrible, evil nanny. Oh, she's just a piece of work. She's quite horrific. Um raising him, and what Gaiman does really well is portray the different ways that adults and children see and think about things. Um, he really wonderfully shows how adults don't always see what children fear and respond to it appropriately, and they don't always know what they need. Uh, he's, this is fantasy, but he's wonderful in the realism he does sometimes. There's a great scene in which his father just has a complete breakdown and comes into the bathroom and tries to drown his son. It, it's horrifying in every sense of the way, but it's not horrifying in the sense of horror. It's horrifying because it's well-written. Um, wonderful fantasy. Great summer read called The Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman. Hmm. That does sound good. Oh, it's fantastic. Sounds interesting, Next, yeah. <laughs> it's also fantastic. It's called Lexicon by Max Berry. Another dark, dark book. This is a thriller. Max Berry usually does satire, and in this dark kind of futuristic fantasy, Berry weaves two storylines together. First is Will. He's a carpenter who is in the very beginning of the book, in just a rip-roaring first chapter. He's kidnapped by two thugs from an airport restroom and spirited off into the day. Um, they kill his wife in the process. And then there's a second story of a, a young woman who lives in San Francisco named Emily, who is a three-card Monty dealer down on the piers. She scams tourists. And she is recruited into a, a very secret, shadowy organization called the Poets. And what the Poets do is use words, and that's the name of the book, Lexicon. They use words and the power of words to control people, almost um, incantation-like or spell-like. And it's, it's just an amazing piece of fiction. It keeps moving like the best of the thrillers. It's got that little bit of magic in it. If people like Lev Grossman's book, The Magicians, 
or even if people are, I hate to say it because it raises certain expectations, but even if people are thinking a little bit about, I want an adult Harry Potter, this might fit, fit the bill pretty well. Um, and it does fit the bill for just a barnstorm and summer book. It does sound. Yeah, that that might be my next one. I'll have to check that one out. (laughs) Please do. (laughs) Well, we're uh, running out of uh, time with uh, Catherine Weller. Uh, Anything else you'd like to suggest? Um, I'll suggest a couple of forthcoming ones that are just great. Coming in July is a book called The Frontier Life, Jacob Hamblin, Explorer and Indian Missionary by Todd M. Compton. This is coming from the University of Utah Press. Hamblinson has is kind of an enigmatic figure in Mormon history, and this is a great biography um, that really picks through a lot of the myths and controversies that surround Hamblin. They get into the Grand Canyon adventures um, he explored alongside John Wesley Powell, his roles as a cultural missionary liaison in southern Utah, and there's his role uh, which is kind of tangential with the Mountain Meadows Massacre. This is a really good, solid Utah history. And the last one, I'll be brief because I know I've talked a lot, is a book coming out in August called Night Film by Marisha Pessel. This is another thriller from a woman who usually writes literary fiction. She wrote, oh, I've already forgotten the name, so I won't say it. But this is a little bit genre-bursting. It's not a traditional um, thriller because she's a literary writer. There's lots of graphic elements that are brought in, and she does a little bit of experimental prose. But it is fantastic. Well, those are some, uh, some great suggestions. Uh, well, we've got them on our list here. Uh, thank you, There's Catherine Weller. There's always more to read than, they, than you have time for. <laughs> it's so true, but that's yeah. a wonderful thing to have, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Catherine Weller, uh, Weller Bookworks, thank you so much. Appreciate those oh, suggestions. Thank you. Thanks. Um, and uh, we're going to take a brief break. When we come back, we're going to be uh, talking uh, with a representative from uh, King's English Bookshop. We'll be welcome back to Margaret Brennan Neville uh, following the break. I have with me Elaine Thatcher for the hour, and uh, we're looking for your suggestions. We want to know what you're reading. What's on your nightstand right now? Is there a book that's had a big impact on you? Perhaps you have a personal story connected with favorite book, and we'd love to hear about books in any genre. And uh, uh we want to know how you're reading as well. Are you still a good old-fashioned book? Are you uh, on your Kindle or iPad or ebook? And how do you engage your children in reading? Those questions we're throwing out to you, and the number is 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495. You can reach us on email at upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com, or you can go to our Utah Public Radio Facebook page. Lane, I just wanted to uh, read a few of these uh, Facebook uh, comments. Mary Exum uh, Griffin on our Utah Public Radio Facebook page uh, suggests Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. She says it's a great book on how intuitive and logical systems of the brain work. That sounds Ooh, very interesting. Erin yeah. Brewer writes in on our Facebook page. Uh, she would recommend Visit Sunny Chernobyl. It looks at some of the most polluted places on earth, but also does a nice job of balancing the negative with some upbeat insights, well-written and funny, while addressing some various serious topics. And if you go to our Facebook page, Aaron has provided a link over to uh, the book's website. Um, Jennifer Pemberton writes in, I'm in the middle of Human Voices by Booker Prize winner Penelope Fitzgerald. It takes place at the BBC's broadcast house in the 1940s, follows the chaos of a news center when... uh, War breaks out, and the uh, fight for delivering uh, truth to the hunkered-down citizens of England 
think girls with victory rolls in their hair running records up and down the halls and uh, combat sounds captured in wax cylinders. The employees are uh, uh, bunking at the defunct concert halls, and the windows are all blacked out. I can't believe there isn't a period drama based on this time and place. They could film it at the UPR Quonset Hut. <laughs> that, that they could. We'll have more from our Facebook page, more on email. You can join us as well. More following the break. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made part, possible in part by our members and the Utah Shakespeare Festival, presenting the marvelous Wonderettes, with seven other productions June through October 2013 in Cedar City, www.bard.org. Albert Einstein said there are two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is a miracle. I'm Tim Fleming. Next time, on To the Best of Our Knowledge, we'll feed your sense of the miraculous and magical with stories from writers who find magic everywhere. It's To the Best of Our Knowledge from PRI, Public Radio International. Sunday mornings at 9 on Utah Public Radio. Programming is also made possible in part by the Salt Lake Acting Company, presenting presents 35th Annual Saturday's Voyeur, a party and a play at SLAC's Annual Musical Satire. Information at... 801-363-7522 or online at saltlakeactingcompany.org You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams along with Elaine Thatcher and we are talking about reading. We want to know what you're reading and we're pooling our resources as UPR family and, uh, and uh, constructing our summer uh, book lists. We're uh, getting help from some booksellers as well and we're going to be welcoming in uh, Margaret Brennan Neville from the King's English Bookshop. I just wanted to read a, a couple more of these uh, Facebook posts. You can go to our Facebook page and uh, comment and uh, give us the books that you would suggest that we read. Uh, and that's, of course, just uh, Utah Public Radio Facebook page. You can reach us at upraxis at gmail.com by email, upraxis at gmail.com, or you can call us. We'd love to have your suggestion by phone, 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495. Jennifer Pemberton, we were talking uh, in uh, before the break. Uh, she suggests Human Voices by Penelope Fitzgerald, which is set in uh, BBC's broadcast house in the 1940s during the war. And she said that she can't believe there isn't a period drama based on this time and place. And Elaine, I cut you off going to the break. You, you were about to say that well, you... there was a, uh, there was a BBC... Uh, program on on PBS about. Uh, we need to. I think we need to pot up your microphone here, oh, okay. so you can. Okay. Now can you hear me? There, there, we there go. you go. Yes. So you were saying there there, <laughs> there is was such a BBC a drama. series. Uh, well, it's not exactly the same, but it reminds me of uh, the Brent the Brenchley Circle, which was uh, on on PBS recently about women working during the world World War II and uh, using their skills as as code breakers. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, and that was on that's a BBC. It was on P- it was on PBS. PBS. Okay. Uh, Janice Merrill Hughes writes on our Facebook page. Uh, she suggests "Frozen in Time" by Mitchell Zukoff. She says it's an epic story of survival and a modern quest for the lo- for lost heroes of World War II. Bounces back and forth between 1942 when the planes went down in Greenland and 2012 and the attempt to find the planes and bring them up from under the ice. That sounds very interesting. Uh, our own Addison Pace who's engineering the program right now, uh, says, I'm uh, reading two books right now. Um, both of them we previewed here on Access Utah, and uh, one of them is uh, Interfaith Amigos, uh, we heard on uh, on Access Utah. 
And uh, let's see, the other one is uh, Cronkite by Douglas Brinkley. So both of those uh, we we uh, previewed here on Access Utah. Those are the types of books I tend to read because I'm reading for work, so <laughs> which is you know it's it's not a not a bad job. Let's turn to uh, Margaret Brennan Neville from the King's English Bookshop. Welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks, Tom. I read for work too. It's a tough job. It's a tough job. Got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. That's right. <laughs> uh, what are you, uh, give us your first couple of suggestions. What are what are you excited about? Well, it's funny because I'm listening to this. I've been listening to this conversation, and everybody says something, and I think, oh yeah, I love that. Or if I was reading that, I would suggest this next. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I just finished a novel called Where Did You Where'd You Go, Bernadette. The punctuation's terrible in the actual title, so that's why it sounds bad. By Marie Semple. It's a realistic fiction set in Seattle. It's a it's a mother who's really dealing with a lot of issues and she's her pretty much her response is to run from her life which leaves her family in a bit of a mess and her neighborhood and it's funny, it's satire. Um, but what, somebody said they I like the Buried in the Skies, the other Zuckerman book. Did anybody read that? That's about the Sherpas who died on K two. So if you like those kinds of adventure books, he's a terrific author. Um, what was that first uh, title you gave us? The first one is called Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, pretty Got different. It. Got it. The yeah. second one, <laughs> which I hopped right into. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, go ahead with the second one there. Well, the second one is Buried in the Sky. Uh, I heard Addison, or somebody said they liked uh, Zuckerman's newest book about the plane that went down in Greenland, which was a great read, too. But his other book just came out in paper called Buried in the Sky. And in our community, a lot of people are aware of Sherpas because uh, a couple of very famous ones live here. And uh, they don't get a lot of press. And Zuckerman and Amanda Padawan go back and look at a, just a terrible tragedy that happened on K2, the second highest mountain in the world, um, where several of the Sherpas basically gave their lives in an attempt to save people that were stuck on the mountain. Um, it really is the first in that mountain climbing genre, that sub-adrenaline junkie genre, I call it, um, about the Sherpas. And it was a terrific read as far as uh, how hard it is to hike on those things, but then how hard these people work at it without any press. Yeah. Um, and not paid that well either, it turns out. Yeah, I think a, a lot of books like that uh, focus on the, you know, the, 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 the non-native, Western, yeah, the, Western the Western climbers. climbers. This one really, right. I, I'm familiar with this book. It really does focus on the uh, the Sherpas, which is a, a And the thing. nice thing about um, those, the mountain climbing books, it's a great place to send a teenage male, <laughs> the reluctant reader person who's, you know, a decent reader but needs to be caught by a story. I mean, and what better on a hot summer day to read about somebody on one of those mountains? Hopefully they're living while he's reading about them, but yeah. <laughs> at yeah. least it's cold, right? That's, tr- that's true. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Good thought. Uh, before I, we, don't, before... I don't know if I would um, – I'm not so interested in climbing. In fact, I'm not interested at all as far as doing it myself, but I love reading about it. But I, as far as traveling goes this summer, I finished just a while ago Robert Etzel's new book, Saving Italy. He wrote that terrific book last year, maybe it's been 18 months, called The Monuments Men. About, and both books are the same subject, just drilling down a little bit farther in Saving Italy, about how the Allies dealt with art during and after World War II 
You know, when the Nazis were fleeing Germany, they basically were told to take everything they could get their hands on, strip churches, strip museums, tear walls down, but bring it all back with you. And, of course, that didn't happen. And the picture on the cover of the book itself is startling. It's a a picture of David in the atrium, but it's surrounded by debris. It is just It's kind of mind-blowing that this even could happen. So the Allies had a concerted, well-planned effort to not only track the art, but to track it down, return it. It was fascinating. Um, And before we go to uh, some more books from Margaret Brennan Neville, the King's English Bookshop, I wanted to read another couple of ideas from our Facebook page and have Elaine read a couple of her uh, ideas. She brought in a whole list. We don't want to neglect that. Um, I'm with Elaine uh, Thatcher, and right now we're talking with uh, Margaret Brennan Neville with the King's English Bookshop. Later on in the program, we'll have a couple of representatives from the uh, book table in Logan. And we have some lists from Logan Library and from uh, Andy Nettle from Back of Beyond Books. So a lot of suggestions. By the way, we'll be posting all of this on our uh, w- website and on our Facebook page as well. So you can you can collect all of these and uh, read through them at your leisure through the summer. We're getting your uh, summer book ideas, and we'd love to hear from you at 1-800-826-1495. You can reach us by email at upraxis at gmail.com. Uh, or you can uh, go to our Utah Public Radio Facebook page. This comes in from Stephen McIntyre. He says, Last time Access Utah did a program about books and reading, I was on a late Republic ancient Rome jag. I remember that. <laughs> um, he says, Rome's uh, last citizen and imperium. But now it's science and math. Not uh, reckoned it uh, science and math, but uh, uh, readily accessible, easily understandable. Uh, thoroughly interesting science and math. So he says, for science, it's uh, Mark Moffat's Adventures Among Ants, a global safari with a cast of trillions. And uh, uh, he goes on to say that Moffat is a research associate at the Smithsonian and an extraordinary photographer. I keep this one by my bedside because I can't pick up any, at, any, uh, at any time and open it to a random page. I can pick it up at any time, ra- open it to a random page, and start reading and be sure to be informed and engaged. For math, he says, it's uh, Mario Livio's it's, Is God a Mathematician? Livio is an astrophysicist at the Hubble Space Telescope Institute, and his book is an exploration of what scientists call, quote, the unreasonable effectiveness of mathematics in the natural sciences, end quote. Is math a human invention, or is it a universal phenomenon that uh, we discovered? And why is it so uncannily effective predicting and describing the physical world around us? Livio engages in some engaging philosophical analysis and presents some interesting and accessible mathematics, and along the traces uh, uh, discovers uh, breakthroughs made by people like Archimedes, Galileo, Descartes, and Newton. So thanks for those, uh, Stephen McIntyre. That's on our Facebook page. You can read that at length. Elaine, why don't you give us uh, maybe a few of the books that you brought in? Sure. Um, you know, I uh, I consider myself a fiction reader, but some of the most affecting books I've ever read have been nonfiction. And um, probably... One that has stuck with me for so many years uh, is Sweet Promised Land by Robert Laxalt, which is a um, a story. Robert Laxalt, uh, and he, he's the brother of the Senator Laxalt that was in Nevada. Interesting. Grew up in Nevada. His father, their father was a Basque sheep herder. And it's a reminiscence of his life and then when he goes back to the Basque country to visit and is sort of disillusioned and realize he's, realizes he's become an American. It's a small little book, but I ha- have found that to be deeply affecting. And um, 
just the 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 writing is beautiful. It's one of my favorites. Um, I'm currently reading My Life in France by Julia Child. Mm. And, uh, you know, what a great, you know, she just has a gift for um, describing her feelings and her emotions. And she's so excited to be in France. And she loves everything she encounters. And she describes meals and she describes places. And it's just a delightful book. Um, we are talking about the, the, your favorite books. We're hearing from Elaine Thatcher. She's uh, co-hosting with me today. And we're hearing uh, your suggestions. We've got more suggestions coming. We want to hear uh, the, the rest of the list from Margaret Brennan Neville. What, what else have you got on your list? Well, it's the I, I love Elaine's suggestion about uh, Julia Child's book. I also loved in that book the love story. Yes. Her relationship with her husband is so strong and they're willing to work at it and it's a great book i agree but if you like those food books it's not on my list but ruth reichels have you read anything she's written tender um she's uh tender at the bone is just one of those terrific memoirs about how food impacts your life um it's growing up it's cooking it's mother-daughter relationship parts of it are laugh out loud funny and other parts of it are kind of tender and heartbreaking um it's fun to read about food any time of the year but that back sounds to my great. list, pardon me? That sounds great, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's a terrific writer, and it would go well with that um, Julia Child book. But there's some other great fiction right now, New in Paper, Yellow Birds, or The Yellow Birds by Kevin Power. This is a just a heart-wrenching story about a young man who returns from serving um, in the Army in Afghanistan. Realistic fiction, post-traumatic stress syndrome. This is not a happy book, but this is a book everybody should read because, you know, we make decisions and we support the decisions to send our men and women to fight and put them in places where this stuff happens and then we don't have a great response for it. I thought it was just a powerful, powerful book. And another book I loved recently, I... Um, called Juliet in August is also new in paper by Diane Warren. And I thought this book was had a touch of magical realism. It's set in Canada. It's a young boy. The main character is a young boy who's, who's really, I thought, grieving the death of his adopted parents. It starts with a really interesting vignette, historical vignette, 100 years ago um, about a horse race that took place in this what was then a ranching community. It's a book about place. It's a book about quest. It's a book that's got a little bit of everything in it. Um, also, some very, very funny moments, tender moments. You recognize yourself in some of these characters. I really love this book a lot, as a just as a great read. Um, there's no end of good books to read, though. So that's the yeah, truth. that's certainly true. We're we're uh, putting together a pretty good list uh, that we'll spend the summer reading here. Uh, Margaret Brennan Neville from King's English Bookshop. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. I, I also like to put in a pitch for reading kids' books. Um, oh, there's so many great kids' books these days, and it's a lot of fun to read them, parent and child, adult and children together. I mean, the conversation starts at home, and what a great way to do it with a book. So, do you Tom, have a, Elaine, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, before you go, do you have a children's book you want to recommend? <laughs> Do I sound like that's, I don't ever have a book to recommend? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple. Yeah. Um, Holly Black is a really interesting writer. She writes a lot for big for older teenagers. Has a new book out for young readers, ten and up. In fact, uh, 
librarian, Mrs. Bird, she thinks it might be shortlisted for some awards next summer or next January. Doll Bones by Holly Black is a book that's got a pretty high creepy factor to it. Um, three kids that have had this long-running imaginative game, but they're getting older. Maybe they shouldn't be doing it. There's a doll that's made from porcelain that was made from the ashes of animals. Um, it, it's as only as creepy as you want it to be, though. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> Another one I loved, and it comes out tomorrow, Escape from Mr. Lemoncello's Library by Chris Grabenstein. This is the book for people that love kids' books because the author very cleverly incorporates references to all, not all of our favorites, but so many of them. It's got a mystery in the story itself and a mystery with the pictures, but Mr. Lemoncello has built this beautiful library for a town that's been without, and 12 kids are welcomed into it for the first night. Um, it's everything you'd like a library to be, and then some. I thought it was just a fun, fun read. Reminded of me of so many reasons why I like to read books. So, Who was the author Again, on that thank one? you uh, so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. I believe that's Chris Grabenstein is what, what she said. Uh, that was Margaret Brennan. It's on my list, Tom. So, What's that? And I sent it up to Adam. Oh, great, great. We'll be getting all these books up on our website and our Facebook page, so uh, don't uh, worry if you can't write fast enough. We'll have this up. Uh, the number is 1-800-826-1495. You can join us at upraxis at gmail.com or join us at our Utah P- Public Radio Facebook page. Uh, following a brief break, which we'll uh, take soon, we'll have uh, McKenna Nelson and Kimberly Nelson from the book table in Logan with their suggestions. Here are some suggestions, Elaine, from uh, our own April Ashland, who's our uh, web manager here. She says, my current book list, The Red Tent, it's the first one by Anita, I don't know, do you pronounce it, Diamant? Uh, this is the story of uh, Dinah, the only daughter of Jacob in the Old Testament. This book tells the story of what it might have been like in a biblical times in the uh, Bible for women. Uh, second one, 1,000 White Women, the journals of Maid Dodd by Jim Fergus. The fictional story of a white woman who took part in the Secret Brides for Indians program in the days of Ulysses S. Grant. Third suggestion from April, uh, Lioness Quartet from Tamara Pierce. This is a quartet for late middle school to high school and aged adults and adults. I still read them, she says. But a young woman who uh, defies custom and trains secretly to be a knight, hiding the fact that she's a woman. It's a quartet about friendship, testing the limits, and adventure. As a side note, everything Tamara Pierce writes is good. She's one of my all-time favorite authors, and she uh, gives a link to uh, Tamara Pierce's books. Uh, the other one is uh, one we may be familiar with, The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. Glad she's reading this one. This book is about the meatpacking factories in the early 1900s. It will change the way you look at factories, meat, immigration, socialism, a classic, and a great read. And her final suggestion from April Ashland, The Witch of Blackbird Pond, Elizabeth George Spear. This is for teen, she says, a story about a young woman from uh, Barbados uh, who lives uh, to live in a uh, Puritan community in 1687. This story is about the adjustment and her quirks in a small, suspicious town. So there's some interesting um, ideas from April Ashland. Uh, Here are some suggestions from the Logan Library. Put out the word to them. So Joseph, who is head of adult nonfiction and reference services, says a new book, Enders, Enders World, Fresh Perspectives on the Science Fiction Classic Enders Game, edited by Orson Scott Card. In terms of time, I won't uh, get into much of the description here, but uh, if you read science fiction and are familiar with Enders Game, probably also its place in the science sci-fi canon, Enders World is this nonfiction collection of writings on the perennial sci-fi favorite, address some diverse topics. He also suggests Reducing Gun Violence in America, Informing Policy with Evidence and Analysis, edited by Daniel Webster and John Vernick. And uh, we'll, uh, when we post this, we'll have you read his comments here 
Another one, Get Started Growing Vegetables by Simon Aykroyd. And uh, what he's reading, he says, Eyewitness to History, edited by John Kerry. He says, Dr. Norm Jones, former USU History Department head, instilled in me an interest in reading history through primary documents and first-person accounts. This book is a treasury of such writing, covering events from the death of Socrates in 399 B.C. and the battles of Agincourt in uh, 1415 to an American slave sale in 1846 and the first moon landing in 1969. That one sounds good. This is from Jason at the Logan Library, head of adult uh, fiction and special collections. He says he, he recommends the, And the Mountains Echoed by Khalid Hosseini, best-selling author of The Kite Runner and A Thousand Splendid Sons, comes out with his next book, more expansive than his earlier books. This uh, book follows a family for three generations, including their lives, choices, and loves, with locations ranging from Kabul to Paris and San Francisco to the Greek island of Tinos. This book is sure to be a hit like Hosseini's uh, previous works that will be released in May. And another one, Transatlantic by Colm McCann winner of the National Book Award for Let the Great World Spin. And what he's reading, Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World that Can't Stop Talking by Susan Cain. So that's Joseph and uh, Jason from the Logan Library. We're going to take a brief break. We'll come back with your book suggestions, and we'll be talking with uh, some representatives from the book table in Logan. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Culligan Water of Cache Valley, family-owned and operated for more than 62 years, providing Culligan bottled water, salt delivery, or soft and conditioned water. Hey, Culligan Man. Service from the man in blue. Online at logan.culliganman.com. The Be Well Moment is made possible by the USU Department of Human Resources Wellness Program at usu.edu hr. Sticking to a regular exercise schedule isn't easy. After all, there are plenty of potential hindrances. Time, boredom, injuries, and self-confidence. But these issues don't need to stand in your way. Consider practical strategies for overcoming common barriers to fitness. Squeeze in short walks throughout the day. If you don't have time for a full workout, don't sweat it. Shorter spurts of exercise, such as 10 minutes of walking spaced throughout the day, offer benefits too. Choose activities you enjoy. You'll be more likely to stay interested. Remember, anything that gets you moving counts. Exercise with friends, relatives, neighbors, or coworkers. You'll enjoy the camaraderie and the encouragement of the group. Schedule exercise as you would schedule an important appointment. Block off times for physical activity and make sure your friends and family are aware of your commitment. Whatever you decide to do, stick with it and remember why you're doing it. Your heart will thank you. This is Dana for the Be Well program at Utah State University. Be well, Utah. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams, along with Elaine Thatcher. We want to know what you're reading. And we're compiling a good summer reading book list uh, from among our Utah Public Radio family. So we've gotten suggestions on our Facebook page. You can post there or comment, uh, Utah Public Radio Facebook page. You can uh, reach us by email at upraxis at gmail.com. Or you can call in your uh, maybe a favorite book, something that's got you excited, uh, maybe a suggestion from your childhood, anything you'd like to suggest that we read. The number is 1-800-826-1495. And we uh, welcome in from the book table in Logan, McKenna Nelson. Thanks for coming in. Yep. And Kimberly Nelson uh, is also with us. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get to the, the books that you brought. You've, you've actually physically brought some books in, so that's nice. Um, I want to 
uh, get in uh, this from Andy Nettle, who's uh, from Back of Beyond Books. He couldn't come on with us, but he left this list for us, some interesting books. He recommends the following books, Slick Rock Paradox, a Moab-based mystery with the bookseller protagonist. Books are drawn more meaningful, are always more meaningful when you know the country. Author Stephen Legault captures the canyon country well. He also recommends Serpent's Tooth, Craig Johnson's latest Walt Longmire mystery, complete with a 200-year-old order pouring Rockwell, a rare copy of the Book of Mormon, and a classic Longmire High Plains drama. And The Mountain's Echoed is the next one from author of The Kite Runner, Khalid Hosseini, who takes us on another cultural feast in this multi-generational saga. No one writes characters as well as Hosseini. And uh, we also, so this is twice that we've had that book recommended. In the Shadow of the Sabretooth, Doug Peacock takes uh, on a global, uh, takes on global warming, rather, the first Americans and the terrible beasts of the Pleistocene. That sounds interesting. And final book from Andy Nettle from Back of Beyond Books, Emerald Mile, an epic story of the fastest ride in history through the Grand Canyon by boat. Kevin Fedarko straps on the life jacket and writes a heck of a good true tale. That's especially, that, that probably is going on my list, Elaine. Let's hear a few more of your books, Elaine. Sure. Um, I think uh, I, I'm a classic literature lover, and um, I just finished reading Les Miserables by Victor Hugo, and, um, you know, it was a great uh, read. It was, there were some places I skipped over. I read The Unabridged, but it was definitely well worth reading. And another favorite classic is Bleak House by Charles Dickens, which mm. many people consider to be his man- masterpiece, which is about this long, drawn-out, multi-generational lawsuit and the characters around it. And uh, he very, very uh, pointedly skewers the law profession in that book, and it's it's a great book also. And uh, don't worry if your uh, pen is not writing fast enough. We're going to have this all up on our website and Facebook page. Well, let's turn to um, McKenna Nelson. What, uh, what have you got for us here? Um, well, a few weeks ago, the Whitney Awards winners for 2012 were announced. Um, this is a really great list to get started on because they were decided by readers, the awards were. Um, The first book I want to talk about is called After Hello by Lisa Mangum. It got awarded the best young adult novel. Um, It's about a girl that went to New York with her dad because he had a lot of business stuff to do there. And he was really busy with all of his meetings and stuff. So while he was there, he went in, I mean, the girl went around New York and she ran into a boy who ended up needing her help later on. Um, it's a really great book because it has a little bit of romance in it, but it's not the main focus. They ended up going on this big adventure and it was just really fun to see. Um, it's fun to read because it alternates chapters between his point of view and her point of view. So that was really great. So tell us the the author and the title again. It's called After Hello by Lisa Mangum. All right. That sounds interesting. Oh, uh, and tell us what the Whitney Award is. Uh, it's, it's just it's, a... It's, it's local. Uh, it's Utah. Mostly Utah. Utah, Utah focused. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. So, that, so these are some Utah focused books. Mm-hmm. What's the next one you have? The next one I have is Best General Novel and Best Novel of the Year called The Rent Collector by Cameron Wright. Um, a lot of people read this a lot. It's one of my mom's favorite books. It, the set, the setting is in a dump in Cambodia. I haven't read it myself, but I'm going to read it soon. And it's also based on a true story. Um, the next one got awarded Best Middle Grade Novel. It's called The, Fal- the False Prince by Jennifer Nielsen. And then there's The Best Historical Novel by Carla Kelly, one of our favorite authors. It's called My Loving v- 
vigil keeping. And then there's the best mystery suspense novel by Tracy Abramson, one of our favorite authors, too, called Code Word. Um, They both have, both Carla Kelly and Tracy Abramson both have a lot of great books. Um, The best romance novel and best novel by a new author, Julianne Donaldson, called Eden Brooke, um, is a really great novel. It's a proper romance, and so it's kind of along the lines of Pride and Prejudice. And she also has her next book called Blackmore. It will be out at the beginning of December. I mean, September, beginning of September. Oh, very good. Those all sound interesting. And they they have the advantage uh, for Utah readers of being Utah-focused, or Utah authors, right? Yeah, and all of them are on WhitneyAwards.com if you want to look on there, and it's just a list of all of those ones. Wonderful. What what do you have next? Um, This is my favorite book that I have read this year. It's called Deadly Undertakings. Um, It's by Greg Luke. He's an author here in Logan. He is a pharmacist. Um, It's about a girl who is really good at sensing objects and, like, she touches them and she can tell you what happened to them. She just has this little gift and her boyfriend is a detective for the police department and it's a mystery. And one of my favorite things about it is he tells you, you learn a lot when you read it and... But it still keeps you interested. It has a lot of medical stuff. It's probably why I really love it. And it's really funny because my 70-year-old grandma couldn't put it down either, and I'm only 17. <laughs> so that's a, that's a nice range. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can tell it have a, a broad appeal. And uh, what's your? you have another book here. Yes, it's a children's book. It's called Mustache Baby. It's really funny. It's so cute. Um, what it is is a baby is born with a mustache, and his parents are kind of worried that, about this because that's not normal. And then they take him to the nurse and she just says, well, just wait and see if it's a good a good guy or a bad guy mustache. And you'll just have to read it to find out which one he is. <laughs> and the cover, the cover looks cute. It's a, it's, a, it's a baby and the mustache is the words, right? Yep. The, the mustache baby. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Um, and that those suggestions from the book table in Logan, uh, McKenna Nelson and Kimberly Nelson. Uh, we'll have a couple more, uh, maybe a couple more. Do you have another? That, that, that's it. Okay. And you can go to that website. Tell us the website again. Um, it's WhitneyAwards.com. And we have an email from Marianne Sidwell who uh, responds, helping us to build our uh, summer reading list. Uh, she says, some favorites of mine, Anansi Boys by Neil Gaiman, a delightful and funny fantasy novel. So Brave, Young, and Handsome by Leif Enger, an adventure story compelling and heartbreaking. Bel Canto by Anne Patchett, a suspenseful page-turner, wonderfully written. And The Class Castle by Jeanette Walls. She says, I read this book as if it was a novel, couldn't put it down, then discovered at the end it was autobiographical. Loved it. So that, that speaks well for that uh, for that book. Uh, you can join us. We just have about uh, three minutes left. You can still join us at uh, upraxis at gmail.com or 1-800-826-1495. Lynn, what, uh, what are the rest of the books on your, your list? Well, I can't give them all because I have quite a long list, but um, one of my favorite things to do is read international fiction. Particularly, I love the uh, Middle East and uh, India. I read one this past year that I... Uh, actually heard about on um, Morning Edition, I believe, and it was called Miss New India by Bharati Mukherjee, and it was about the new um, culture that has evolved in 
in India, in Bangalore, f- surrounding the call centers and the young people that flock to Bangalore to uh, to work in these call centers and they have this modern culture that is in conflict with the traditional culture. It was really an interesting book. Um, another, I love Salman Rushdie's books. Um, uh, I read Midnight's Children by him years and years ago, and um, it just stayed with me. He r- writes magic realism, all centered on Indian and uh, Pakistani ideas. Wonderful. Those sound very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, reaching now near the end of the program, we do have another email coming in. This is another one from... Uh, Oh, this is from Marianne Sidwell. She said that was Glass Castle, not Class Castle. Okay, thank you, Marianne. <laughs> and uh, if, if you're uh, having trouble writing all these down, we'll have these posted on our website and on our Facebook page. Um, I just wanted to, you mentioned this book written by, you said, a pharmacist? Mm-hmm. Um, that reminded me of, of one of my favorite books from the past, I don't know, three or four years, a, uh, a local de- dentist, retired dentist, Lee Cantwell. I think his book has been featured at the book table before. Yeah, we have him there. Uh, you have him there. Uh, Mother George is the book I'm talking about. He he said, I have an idea. I've written a book. Uh, I'd like maybe to come on the radio. And so I said, well, pitch it to me. He said, it's a, it's about a uh, a black man who goes to a small town in Idaho and uh, passes for a for, woman, for a woman <laughs> and becomes a midwife there. And the town only discovers that he's uh, a man after his death. And I said, sold. You you come on the. And that was a wonderful program and a, and a great read. So you do have that there at the, the book. Yeah, table. we do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and here is finally from uh, Clinton Morgan. He says, my family uh, has created our own book club. So far this year, my favorite book has been The Book Thief by Marcus Zuzak. It's about a young girl who's living with her foster parents in Germany during World War II. It's narrated by death and is a great book. But uh, warning, you will cry. Thanks, Clint Morton. You're shaking your head. You, you're yes, familiar with I've this read line? that. It's a good one. Yeah. Uh, so that's all the time we have. Uh, keep those ideas coming. We'll get those on the list that we post on our website and our Facebook page. We appreciate those suggestions. And uh, thanks for listening. By the way, uh, tomorrow on the program, we're going to talk about uh, churches and the environment. People of faith are grappling with uh, how to respond to climate change and other environmental issues. Some churches are divesting their investment portfolios of stocks related to oil and gas extraction. We're going to ask you how your faith informs your views of the environment. We'll talk with the members of a group called Interfaith Power and Light, Clever, uh, clever name for a group of uh, church people who are grappling with environmental issues. That's coming up tomorrow on the program. For producers uh, Haley Housley and Addison Pace, I'm uh, Tom Williams. Uh, thank you, Elaine, for coming in. Hi, it was fun. And thank you uh, for coming in, McKenna Nelson and Kimberly Nelson from the book table. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. Access Utah is a production of Utah Public Radio. You can listen to this episode or previous episodes of Access Utah anytime at upr.org, where you can find a link to subscribe to our podcast. This is Utah Public Radio, KUSR HD1 89.5 Logan, KUSK HD1 88.5 Vernal, KUSL HD1 89.3 Richfield, KUST HD1 88.7 Moab, and KUSU FM HD1 91.5 Logan. And again, you can check out that list online at upr.org and on our Facebook page. Thank you for listening. I'm Addison Pace. The time is now 10 o'clock.